everybody. Welcome to the Love You More podcast. This is your hostess, Jennifer McDaniel. And today I am talking about one of my most favorite things to learn about and to practice. And it's called listening. Yeah. You know, when I, um, when I have an intention, sometimes I set intentions for the day. And when I set the intention of today, you're going to be an amazing listener. I just feel like my day goes by so much more beautifully because I really slow down and I really take the time to hear the words that someone is saying, to feel their feelings and to receive them. And then they feel like that's a gift. And then I feel like I've been giving a gift and that feels really good. And self-care, what this podcast about is about, is meeting our own needs. And when we serve others well, we also help meet our own needs. And we can listen to ourselves well too, right? So listening goes both ways. Listening to someone speak, and then also listening to our bodies and how that makes us feel when we hear what they have to say. This podcast today was inspired by Mr. Rogers. Um, I finally got the chance to watch the documentary, um, won't you be my neighbor? And I wanted to be such a better person after watching that documentary because Mr. Rogers was such a beautiful man. He listened. And when you watch him, I don't know if you've seen it, but if you haven't seen it, I would highly recommend that you do go watch it. It's, I don't know, hour and a half long or something, but just watch how he interacts with people. Every single interaction, when the camera, he didn't know the camera was on him, he was still slow, listening, paying attention to the person that was in front of him. I mean, I think that's one of the reasons why, well, humans, but especially kids, loved him so much because he was an adult that treated them like equals and treated them. And like, if, you know, I mean, we all have, if you're a parent and you have a child who really loves to just talk, 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 talk at some point, you just tune it out because you can really only hear so much, but Mr. Rogers like never did that. He always gave meaning and and his, and his attention to a talking child. And it was just really beautiful. And so I want to talk today about how we can all continue to be really good listeners. I'm going to talk about some bad listening skills (laughs) and what that can teach us, but also, you know, what it, what it feels like to be listened to, right? I mean, you, you know what it feels like. You've got someone in your life who is just a great listener Um, One of the individuals that comes to my mind is a a friend of mine who is a, she's a therapist. She's not my therapist, but whenever I'm around her, I just, she, I just feel like she heard what I had to say. And not only did she hear it, she, she really cares about it too. So someone comes right to my mind. If it's your spouse, man, you're the luckiest. If your spouse is in a really amazing listener, um, what a gift that is. And, um, I know PJ and I work on that all the time and, you know, we'll say it to each other. Like, I don't, are you listening to me? (laughs) Because it looks like you're running around the house doing a million other things, but I really want your attention right now. So can you maybe put your eyes on my eyes and maybe we can, we can talk and actually really make sure that we're hearing each other. So, uh, healing or, or, sorry, listening 
can help us heal too. I mean, there's a gift right in itself. I was at a retreat a couple months ago where I heard one of my most favorite spiritual gurus speak. His name's Eckhart Tolle. He wrote a book called The Power of Now. And he was telling us this story about a woman who lived in his apartment complex. She lived right below him and she was a complainer. And she was, you know, a kind of, he described her as a neurotic woman. And he was someone that he didn't really run, want to run into on the elevator because, you know, just complained, 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 complained. And so one night at 1030 PM, she comes knocking on his door, barging in, complaining about some kind of new fee that had happened and that they had to pay for it in their apartment complex. And she just couldn't believe that she had to pay this additional amount. She had all this documentation as to why she shouldn't. And he described her as like shuffling her papers around and just complaining for a straight 30 minutes. And Eckhart just sat there and listened the whole time and really listened to her. And then at some point at the end, she put her papers together and she said, this really isn't that big of a deal, is it? And he said, no. And she took those papers and she walked out the door. And then the next day when he saw her, he said, she said to him, what did you do to me last night? I I feel so much better. And he listened. That's all he did. And try it, right? Like when we, when we really do that for others and slow it down a little bit, there is a healing process that happens. So let me talk about um, a really wonderful, interesting section about not being a good listener in a book that I read called The Love Warrior by Glennon Doyle. So this is a book about um, this woman and her husband at the time. They ended up getting a divorce, but she was sharing with her friends a really hard time about something with her relationship and she needed their support. And she found that people fell into different types of listening skills. These aren't the kind of skills that we want. So let me share. I think there's about five different ways that we can be so-called bad listeners. The first kind of listener she called the shover. This is someone who is just not comfortable with your hard feelings and really wants you to move through them quickly, get them over and feel better faster. So she is trying to offer you a door of hope, well-meaning, of course, that you didn't really ask for, though. So you might hear this person say things like, oh, God's got a plan for you or, well, you know, it's darkest before dawn. Or the one that maybe I've probably said a million times, well, you know, everything does happen for a reason. So what it feels like is that they just want you to get over this really quickly so everybody can move into the happy ending part. Another kind of listener she called was the comparer. So before you're even finished telling your full story, they're already finding ways that they can compare with you. So, oh yeah, that happened to me five years ago and it was so hard. Or do you know, Debbie? Yeah, she went through that with her son too. Um, this kind of feels like your moment, your story, your experience has been hijacked and you certainly don't feel unique about anything with your experience. Next up is the fixer. Uh, this one might be me. <laughs> I can find myself in this one. So the fixer wants to make it better for you. And they have the exact formula. 
Um, oh gosh, you know what? You need to go see this person. They know everything about that. Um, or uh, you should read this book. It is exactly what you need to hear right now. Yep. They had the foolproof solution and guess what? You probably didn't even ask for it. Now, if you ask for it, that's one thing, but this is an example of a time in which you just were sharing your story. You were not asking for a solution. Okay. Two more. The reporter, the reporter likes the juicy details so much that it kind of starts to feel a little invasive. They're probing, they're curious. It feels like they're there not to receive what you're saying, but more kind of like they're collecting your data. And then it's probably not going to come to a surprise that they're sharing your story. Oh, did you hear Jennifer and her son are having some problems? Yeah, he's been diagnosed with X, Y, or Z. We should really see if we can get them some help. Um, and there is an element of concern there, but you can also feel that maybe there's an element of sharing your story to sort of let them be the center of their uh, center of the attention. Um, so yeah, there's always two sides of the coin here. There's a little bit of well, good intention, but then there's this element to of not being a good listener in the way that we want to be heard and seen. And finally, there's the victim. As you share, you might hear some, this person say, I can't believe you're just now telling me this. I am so hurt that Carla knew this before I did. And I wanted to be there for you. I thought we were closer. Well, that just made you feel guilty. And that certainly didn't make you feel better. So those are the types of listeners we don't want to be, but yet we all kind of fall into those, maybe not in such extreme ways, but it just takes an element of awareness right? So if we are more aware of how we respond and not react, but respond to someone, then we can see, are we really being open-hearted, open-eared, and not falling into one of those listening traps? Okay, so now let's move into how we can be a better listener. So first and foremost, I think if you really you know, I mean, I think about this morning, I was feeding my kids. I'm trying to unload the dishwasher. I'm trying to make their lunch. I'm trying to make granola for co company that's coming in. I can't sit there and just give every child my full attention. All right. I can't be Mr. Rogers every second of the day. So there are times in the day in which you're hearing and you're responding, but you're not going to be like deep level listening at this point. So let's just be clear that there are times in which this is helpful and necessary. And there's times where you just got to get SHIT done. So, um, but even in those moments, even in those more hectic moments, I can still turn my head and I can still pause what I'm doing and I can still listen to a child and I, I can slow down. Right. So there are ways to move in the right direction to listening versus completely just being totally multitasking and not not hearing your kids. Um, but if it is a harder conversation, like there was some teasing this morning and one of my sons came to me, this was not the time to be stirring the granola while I was listening. So in that moment, I had to turn to him. I had to listen with my whole body. And that is a good listener. So I'm going to give myself a little pat on the back for how I handled that this morning. The other thing is to try listening without preparing what to say. Uh, this is really hard. 
Let me share a quote about this from one of my favorite authors. His name's Mark Nepo, and he wrote a very appropriate book for our topic today, 7,000 Ways to Listen. So here's a quote from his book. The courage to be begins with the risk to let that instant of unknowing grow between what is said to us and our reflex to ready our response. I'll read it one more time. The courage to be begins with a risk to let that instant and unknowing grow between what is said to us and our reflex to ready our response. So basically what he's saying there is like, you don't have to respond right away when someone's talking to you. You don't have to have the answer and you don't have to be ready in your thought process. And as a dietitian, this is probably the hardest part. I find it to be the hardest time. This is the hardest for me in counseling because someone has come to myself or my team of dietitians to seek support with their health and wellness. And hopefully they see us as some kind of expert in that area. And as an expert, you should have answers, correct? So when they're talking about something that's difficult and they're seeking some support, I feel the need to have an answer, but I want my answer to come from a place of inner true wisdom versus an anxious, busy brain. So as they're speaking, a really good listener is just doing that, only that, and not trying to think of the response of what they're going to say to that. So that's a tough one. But man, when, when you do that, that person sitting across from you benefits from the wiser response that comes to comes from you versus the anxious mind preparing the response of what to say back to that individual. Also listening, I think the response, if you're really listening, should be asking more questions. Um, One of my, I remember hearing this a while ago, I have no, no resource for it. And I don't even know if I'm going to get these three questions right, but it was a parenting conversation. And they were saying when a child comes to you with something that they want to share, say it's a problem. Uh, I'll give an example of my oldest son had a bullying experience um, a couple months ago. And so instead of coming in with a solution or only listening, um, the parenting suggestion was to ask the child three questions. So, okay. Thank you for sharing that with me, Jack. Would you like me to just Or no, or no. Okay. Before they even share it with you. All right. So say they say, mom, uh, Matthew bullied me in the parking lot the other day. He was calling me these names. Okay. All right. So Jack, would you, are you just going to want me just to listen to you right now? Or would you like me, would you like for us to like talk this through together for you to come up with a solution? Or would you like me to do something about this? So it could happen at any point in the conversation, I guess, but basically you're just asking your kid three things. You want me to just listen here, right? Or do you want us to work on a solution together? Do this kind of collaboratively, or do you want me to kind of fix this for you? And as a parent, of course, you're going to decide whether that's appropriate or not. But anyway, I kind of like that because it gives the chance for the child to know, I really want to hear you kid. And I also really want to know like what you want from me in this. Like, how can I be helpful to you in this? So I think this applies to adults as well. And I've done this um, application to my husband before too. Like, okay, 
uh, work-related issues. Okay. Um, so tell me now, do you want me just, am I just here to listen or do you want me to say what I think about this or whatever? It's, it's helpful. And I like it when people ask me that too. All right. So a good listener, therefore should not fix, compare, interrupt, minimize, or crosstalk. Now, listening with an open heart in a difficult situation with maybe a person either that you know you tend to disagree with or perhaps you don't really like, um, and we've had a lot of practice with this lately with politics and COVID and yada, yada, and it has been suggested but not easy in these situations as listeners to also try to hold our current opinions lightly. So that the views and the words that someone is speaking is able to reach us, expand us, deepen us, and maybe even rearrange us. This is tough. So it's quite easy to be a good listener to those that we agree with and that we love. I think it's a lot harder to be an open-hearted, good listener without judging, without being holding tightly to our opinions. But if we can listen in a more open-hearted way, we might be able to move forward or simply continue to agree to disagree, which is okay. So that's it that I've got for listening. Yep, we talked about the fact that it's a really great gift to anyone who comes in your presence talked about like all the stuff of ways not to be a listener, all the bad listening techniques that we sometimes fall prey to, and then ways that we can be a better listener. So, yep, we have two ears and one mouth for a reason. And I think that if we really get good at listening, that our world will continue to grow and evolve in the right direction if we're all a little bit more like Mr. Rogers. Love you more. 